Welcome to the Success Music Podcast, where we lay down some powerful speeches on top of some dope beats so that you can get your daily dose of motivation without killing your vibe. Let's go. And I said, as common courtesy to the generation that is coming behind me in life, everything that I touch, everything that I'm a part of, I vow to God that I will leave it better than I found it. And so now it wasn't even about me. And I got my scholarship up to Tennessee and they looked at me when I first hit campus, 135 pound kids soaking wet in the SEC. And the first reporter, he asked me, he said, Inky Johnson, do you even think you're going to play at the University of Tennessee? He said, you're 135 pounds. I said, not only am I going to play, I'm going to start. I said, you made a mistake. I said, see, what you don't understand, and this is what most people do. They base judgment off of what they can see. But what they don't understand, the moments that make you who you are, the moments that they can't see. You see, anybody can be on their best behavior when somebody is standing over their shoulder, watching them, seeing if they're gonna do what they're supposed to do. But what they reported and see, you see, he could see I came from Crim High School. He could see I was 135 pounds. He could see I was 5'9". He could see all of the stats. He could see all of that. But what he never saw was when I was in a park with my mother when I was seven years old. She was sitting at Beer Creek at 10.30 at night. What he didn't see was every Saturday morning at 5.30, I was up running two miles to a fire station and two miles back home. What he didn't see was every time I slept on that floor with ropes and rats with my cousins, I got up every morning, went to school and never made one excuse. What he didn't see was on Christmas Eve when a, cop, when a guy came through me and my cousin's window and he stuck a nine millimeter and a 45 in both our face and took all of our Christmas gifts and we had to stand on the curb and our mother told us, y'all just be grateful. He didn't see that. And those were the moments that made me who I am. And so now his opinion didn't matter. His opinion would never become my reality. And my freshman year, I played special teams. Sophomore season came, broke the starting lineup. You know the first person I went to see at media day? He quit. He was so embarrassed. And I'll never forget my sophomore season, I finally made it to the point in my life where I felt as if everything in my life was lining up. Spiritually, I was getting disciples. Life was in shape. On track to graduate in three years, life was in shape, education. I still remember the day I was in the film room watching film and I was watching the California Bears and my defensive backs coach Larry Slade came in the room. He said, Inky Johnson, I got some good news for you. And I dropped the clicker and I said, coach, what is it? He said, son, you're a projected top 30 draft pick. He said, all you have to do is play these next 10 football games. You're an automatic multi-millionaire. I ran out of the room. I got on the phone. I called my mother and my grandmother. I said, listen. I said, after this season, we will never struggle. I said, we will never miss another meal. I said, after this season, our lives are about to change forever. And little did I know our lives were really about to change. First game, we come out, play against California Bears. I get an interception. We shut them down. We get the victory. Second game, we're playing against Air Force. It gets late in the game. Found ourselves in a dogfight. Quarterback dropped back. He released the ball to the running back coming down my sideline. Now I approach the tackle like I approach any other tackle. And the way I'm approaching it, either I'm going to knock you out or you're going to knock me out. I'm 165 pounds. I can't play with anybody. But at the point of contact, when I hit this guy, something different happened that had never happened to me before in my life. I hit him and it seemed as if every breath in my body left. My body went completely limp, I fell to the ground, I blacked out. 
I'll never forget when my eyes opened, my teammates ran over to me. My first guy that was over was Gerard Mayo, the middle linebacker for the Patriots, one of my best friends. And he said, Ink, get up, let's go. I said, I can't. He said, what do you mean you can't? You're out of lockdown corner, we need you, let's go. I said, I can't move. I said, there's a shock going through my whole body. I can't feel anything, man. One of the scariest moments of my life and the shock eventually left and it stayed in my right arm and hand. And I remember as I was lying there, I flipped my head to the left and I could see the doctors and the trainers running onto the field and I flipped my head up to the sky and I said, God, I said, surely nothing has happened in this moment that can alter my life. I flipped my head back over to the left and they were bringing the spine board out. I flipped my head up to the sky, I said, God, I said, that's precautionary measures, right? They get me up on the spine board, they're wheeling me off the field and I looked at the doctor because I couldn't feel my right arm. They had poked me with all type of needles. Inky, can you feel this? Can you feel I couldn't feel a thing? And I said, Doc, can you, can you lift my right arm and hand? He said, sure, Ink. And he raised it up and I, I lifted my left. And I pumped it to our supporters. I don't believe in using the word fans. I think it's an arrogant term. Who am I to call a person a fan? They pay to see you play. They're supporting you. And as he was bringing my arm down, I looked at the doctor. I said, oh yeah. I said, I'll be back. Never thinking that would be the last game that I would ever play in my life. They get me in the ambulance, things turn up a notch, I still don't pay any mind. They get me over to the hospital, say, Inky, we're gonna take you back and run some CAT scans. They took me back, they ran the CAT scans and they rolled me back into my room and I'll never forget it. All in about a 15 second time frame, I was lying there in my bed and I could see over my right shoulder. And I looked at my father and we caught eyes and my father, he went to take a step in and he looked at me and he said, son, I can't do it. And he walked out. My mother, she came in, she was running. She kissed me on my forehead, she said a prayer. She said, Ink, everything is gonna be okay, and she ran out. And as soon as my mother stepped outside of the room, the doctor rushed in from the opposite side, and he said, hey, get in here, we gotta rush this guy back to emergency surgery, he's about to die. I said, what? I said, my mom just told me everything is going to be okay. Like, this is total opposite. You talking about I'm about to die. I said, what happened? He said, son, what happened? You have busted up some clavian artery in your chest. You're bleeding internally. Have to rush you back and take the main vein out of your left leg and plug it into your chest in order to save your life. And when I woke up from recovery, the same doctor was standing over me. He said, Inky, I have some good news and some bad news for you. I said, you got some bad news for me? After telling him I was about to die, I'm still alive. How bad can it get? I'm still here. He said, the good news is, son, we saved your life. I said, thank you, sir. He said, the bad news is you have nerve damage in your right shoulder. I said, cool. He said, we got to send you up to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. I said, cool. He said, but the problem is, Inc., you probably can never play the game of football again in your life. I said, no way. He said, yeah, Inc., you got some pretty bad nerve damage. I said, no. I said, Doc, no disrespect, man, but I'm, I'm eight games away. Like, Doc, no disrespect, but this is about to change my family's life. Doc, I've been working for this ever since I was seven years old. Doc, there's no way. God, not now, God. Like, let me make it to the NFL so I can help my family first. Like, we miss meals. And you're talking about my career could end right now? Like, no way. And I snapped out of it. I said, man, I never cheated. I said, there's no way. I never cheated. I never cheated myself. I gave everything I had to it, and I respected it. I never cheated. There's no way that my career can be over. I said, send me up to the Mayo Clinic. And after several visits, I'll never forget, this is when reality set in. It was me, my mother, my father in the room, and the doctors came in. They said, Inky Johnson, here's the deal. They said, son, you have torn all the nerves in your brachial plexus. 
They say your brachial plexus are the nerve roots that go from your spine and they come down, they control your shoulder, your arm, and your hand. They say you have torn them at all levels. They cannot be replugged. They said, son, we hate to tell you, but your arm, it would never be the same again. Your hand, it would never be the same again. Son, you can never play the game of football again. They said, son, here are your surgery options. We can take a muscle out of the back of your left leg, plug it into your right arm, but there's a possibility that you'll be left with the weak left leg and the weak right arm the rest of your life. Or we can take a nerve out of your left arm, reroute it up through your chest, down into your right arm, but there's a possibility that you'll be left with two weak arms the rest of your life. Or we can take a nerve out of your left rib, reroute it up through your chest, down into your right arm, but there's a possibility that you'll be left with a breathing problem and a weak right arm the rest of your life. By the way, tell us what you want to do in the morning. And the next morning I walked into the doctor's office, they said, son, what option did you choose? I said, no disrespect to you, doc, I'm not choosing an option. My situation is out of your hands. It said, cut with the cute talk. I said, no disrespect to you, doc. Cut me where you gotta cut me. My situation is out of your hands. I'm not choosing an option. I said, I know I will come out of this situation okay. And as I stand right here on this stage, thank you. As I stand right here on this stage before you today, they cut me six times down my left thigh. They cut me two times across my right rib. They cut me two times across my right pec. They cut me one time across the left side of my neck, one time across the right side of my neck. They cut me from the bottom of my armpit all the way down to the bottom of my hand. And after they got through cutting on me, they said, son, you're gonna be in this hospital for the next 40 days. I walked out of the hospital on the third day. They said, you broke a record. How did you do it? And I said, first and foremost, the thing I want y'all to understand, I will never let a circumstance or a situation define my life. But most importantly, you know what I had invested? I had sweat equity. I had been working my whole life. And what I didn't understand by being determined to chase something, by being committed to it, and what commitment is, commitment is staying true to what you said you were going to do long after the mood that you have set it in has left. You see, people think commitment is saying, yes, I'll do it on the days when it feel good. But I had been committed to everything that I ever started in my life and I never stopped and I never quit it. And so by being committed to everything that I started, I finished it, it built a certain type of spirit, it built a certain type of mentality, it built a certain type of individual. And so now I couldn't quit even if I wanted to. I couldn't lay in the bed even if I wanted to. I couldn't stop even if I wanted to. I had too much sweat equity in my life and everything that I was doing. Because I understood my existence wasn't about me. I went from me to we a long time ago. I understood the process is more important than the product. It wasn't about the outcome for me. Whether I made it to the NFL or not, that was inconsequential in God's plan for my life. But I was going to fall in love with that process because I understood by falling in love with that process, it was going to turn me into a machine. You see, a lot of people need things to get motivated. A lot of people need a little extra money to get motivated. A lot of people need, you know, whatever the case may be, a little bonus to get motivated. I don't need anything but breath in my body and life. 
And every day I wake up, I understand I got two children depending on me. I understand I got a wife depending on me. I understand I got a world that needs me. The reason I go at life with the passion and the zeal that I go at it with is because I understand every day of my life is somebody in the world that is depending on me. It may not be you. And if it's just about you, you're in trouble because I'm telling you, you're going to hit something in life that's a lot tougher than you. And it's going to test your will and it's going to test your heart. And if it's just about you and if it's just about the product, it will crush you. Every day I get up, I understand. It's somebody in a free world that's looking to me to see if I'm gonna keep going and so I can't quit and so I went back to school the next week after they had just saved my life I was back in class I had to learn how to write all over again I had to learn how to walk all over again I had to learn how to tie my shoe all over again I had to learn how to bathe all over again I had to learn how to live life all over again never one time did I say let me go home I need a break one time that I go into the training room and said, I need some time off. Can you all just give me a little leave time? I need to go back home. I need some time off. My life just changed last week. And they came to me and they said, Inky, go home. We know how much the game of football meant to you. I said, yeah, you know how much the game of football meant to me, but you don't know how much life means to me. You see, the thing we have to understand about everything that we're a part of, first and foremost, it's a blessing by God. And when it's a blessing, you can't help but to give everything you got to it. My life got saved. I got spared my life. I almost died. The doctor came to me on the field. He was on one knee and he grabbed my wrist and he said, son, you don't have a pulse. I don't even know how you're still living. And my last doctor visit, they came to me and they said, sorry, Inky Johnson, you will never be able to use this arm or hand again in your life. I said, no disrespect to you, doc, but I will use this arm and this hand every day for the rest of my life by the way that I live my life. Every day, I'm gonna impact someone's life. Every day, I'm gonna empower someone. Every day, I'm gonna inspire someone. Every day, I'm gonna encourage someone. The thing we have to understand, what business are we in? You know, protocol, they call me in the world, they say Inky's a speaker. Inky's a motivational, whatever the case may be, Inky, whatever, whatever it is. But what they don't understand, I'm in the people's business. Not a speaker, I'm a servant. Anybody that has direct contact with people on a daily basis, that is an opportunity to change someone's life. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to be of encouragement to other people. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to inspire someone. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to empower someone. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to show someone love because the thing about it, my wound, like you can see this. You can see my arm. My wound is visible. But it's a lot of people in this room that are wounded and you can't see it. And it's internal. And so the, the opportunities that we pass up to be a blessing to other people, we can save their life with just one encounter. When we talk about me to we, when we talk about process over product, when we talk about sweat equity, when we talk about better together, do we really understand what that means? Because sometimes the thing about life, life always comes along when we make up our mind to try to distract us. But truth be told, we all know that we're stronger together. And that's in every aspect of life, whether it be sports, whether it be business, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a family, we're always stronger together. It's kind of like the Planet of the Apes movie when Caesar and his guys, they were going crazy, they were going bananas, and Caesar stood back on the hill, and Caesar was trying to calm them down, they wouldn't calm down, they wouldn't listen to him, and the way he got their attention was phenomenal. The way he got their attention, he picked up a piece of straw, one silly piece of straw. Caesar picked up one silly piece of straw and he, he held it up in front of him. He picked up one straw and he broke it. And then he picked up two hands full of straws and he braced it. 
And what he was telling them, alone, we can do nothing. Together, strong, unstoppable, can change the world. Thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. God bless you.